Hi, I'm Inna Kerr, and I'm Maggie Bratton. Welcome to Deal with It, our podcast series new season. We're happy to get back and bring our views on business and deals. In this episode, we join the regular Talk to the Experts session hosted by Squire Patton Box. We discuss our perspectives for 2021. Thanks to Stephen Ball, Matthew Kirk, and Tony Reed for the invitation. And thank you for joining us. We decided in this conversation rather to take a look back at 2020 and a look forward to 2021 in a less formal conversation with Maggie Brereton and Ina Kier, the two founders of EOS Deal Advisory, who started their new firm just at the end of 2019, just before the pandemic hit us. Extraordinary coincidence of timing. We look at how they navigated 2020, what lessons they drew from that, and how to look forward to 2021. My name is Matthew Kirk. I'm International Affairs Advisor at Square Patton Boggs, and I'm delighted to have Maggie Brereton and Ina Kier with me for this conversation. My name is Tony Reid, and I'm the EMEA Chair of Square Patton Boggs Corporate Team. Please sit back, keep your social distance, and enjoy. Matthew, over to you. Well, thank you very much, Tony, uh, and thank you, Maggie and Ina, for joining us on the virtual sofa. Please tell us a little about why you set it up, what were you hoping to achieve, uh, how's it been going? First of all, thank you every, uh, very much for inviting us to participate today. Not an easy thing, uh, but we'll do our best. And I also want to thank uh, Stephen Ball for the invitation uh, as our favorite lawyer. And I say that not just because we're doing a huge deal together. Anyway, uh, we started the the Advisory about a year and a little bit uh, ago. We started October last year, so we just celebrated our first anniversary. And the idea was after a, a long career in a big four, we I still love deals and wanted to do deals, but we thought there was a, a time to do deals in a different way. That ranges from changing, being a more opinionated advice to our clients, closer to our, our clients when we're giving deal advice, using more technology as we do that, and at the same time changing from a culture point of view and transforming our industry, which has been so hard for people to enter and stay in a more flexible one that we can have a more diverse team working with us. I'd really like to ask a little bit more about that diversity point um, because uh, there you are, uh, two women leading a, a firm who is making an insurgency into a world that is tends to be a fairly alpha male one, trying all-nighters, pizza at three in the morning, and you're, you're deliberately trying to do a different style. And diversity is a key part of that. Can you, can you tell us a little more about that? It's uh, Maggie Bratton here, good to be with you, on the concrete virtual sofa. The essence of two women, uh, we are more than happy to stand on the shoulder of giants, as we do, uh, but continue to have to forge our way through a number of glass ceilings, fall off a number of glass cliffs, whatever uh, analogy you want to make, but uh, fighting, mainly fighting. But hopefully that is actually starting to get easier. And I think both Ina and I have struggled during our time in our careers to be seen as role models, and you don't really understand the power of that. So I think that has been brought home to us, uh, in, particularly in this last year, and what we are trying to achieve. 
which is really go toe-to-toe with the big four and hold our own and start that from scratch. Um, and, you know, everybody said the first year was going to be difficult. Uh, nobody knew how difficult first year of business with a global pandemic was. But we are definitely still standing, and we won a pitch the other day against one of the big four. So we're definitely still winning. But, and congratulations for the, for the amazingly strong start that you've made. Um, as you said, what a year. When, when you launched uh, in October last year, just over a year ago, uh, you had no more idea than many of the rest of us did that within six months, most of the European economy would have been shut down by the pandemic. How, how did you react as the scale of that started to become clear? Well, interesting enough, I mean, we reacted a lot as our clients reacted because we're so market-led. So we saw our clients in April, March, April, uh, looking at what they were going to do to survive this. And everybody was uh, uh, looking for cash and looking for uh, releasing cash and and, and how they're going to survive the next month because at that point we had no idea how many months we're going to be shut down. I think our advantage to it is that we are actually small, hence being agile. So we are able to shift a lot of our skills on deals because, to be honest with you, at that point, no deals were happening because everybody was dealing with that current situation. Nobody was in the right mindset to do a deal. So we shifted a lot of our skills into doing working capital and cash release for a few months, which are very similar uh, type of, of skills that we had. So we were able to be agile enough to shift to something that was actually what was happening in the market, and not only for ourselves, for our survival, but actually to respond to what our clients uh, were looking at. And I think, again, another advantage that we had is because we're still nimble and, 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 and still in the start, we were able to take decisions very quickly because we didn't have to discuss for weeks and to get anything uh, decided. So we were able to take decisions quickly and implement them quickly as we went. You were able just to, to pick what you could do in the situation in which you found yourself and get on with it. So presumably, therefore, a, a big advantage in being a new, fresh, small team. Yes, that was yeah. an advantage. How quickly was it clear to you how much the economy and the market in which you're operating was going to be affected by the pandemic? Deals are are sensitive creatures, and they're upset very easily. And what deals don't like is uncertainty. They don't mind a great booming economy, and they don't mind a crashing economy, but what they shrivel up for is uncertainty. So as soon as we sort of started in February seeing that uncertainty, could people travel, couldn't they travel, how would you start to make investments? Uh, we got an inkling and we started to adapt uh, and really think about, well, hang on, what do we need to do here? Uh, and then, as, as, as it happened, our pipeline evaporated. Just poof, and that was it, it was gone. And so that was a, that was a really great um, moment to, to sit there and think, my goodness, we have just got to a peak of uh, employing people and getting our team and hitting the market and suddenly everything goes. So it's, it was tough, but like Ina said, we were agile. And do you know what? we just got to crack on. And that's eventually, you know, kind of we can pick ourselves up from a relatively difficult position and then went out and talked to our clients and everybody was suffering and, you know, people needed help. 
And I would imagine, uh, obviously within the team, but also you're you're trying to build yourselves into the market, as you said earlier, mate. You're going toe to toe against the big four uh, in pitching for business and so forth. And suddenly, uh, you have to do all of that virtually. Um, you have to keep the team together virtually. You have to establish your credibility, your position as a team in the marketplace without being able to uh, eyeball people in the traditional way. Um, that enormous change, sudden change in how we all work, how was that to you personally? Difficult uh, and challenging. You know, we are of a generation where meetings are done face to face. I mean, I have been halfway, literally halfway around the world for a one-hour meeting on an airplane, and I'm quite sure lots of people on this call probably in their history have done the same thing. And we were kind of getting to that stage where you think nothing of it because that is how we did business. But now all that suddenly stopped. So it was very difficult, and we had to learn. And that's the thing. It was actually a learning of how to communicate uh, through TV, through video, and how do you make those connections with clients through video, which is very difficult. But, on the other hand, we were all, uh, I wouldn't say we were all in the same boat, because I think that has been disproven from a political aspect, but we've been, we were in the same boat in terms, particularly back in the early days of COVID, of everybody having to face the same challenges. And actually, I think there it was easier to make a human connection with your client. And actually, you had that really common ground with everybody, people that you'd met before, and you could sort of console each other, but also people that you haven't met, you have that instant connection. So I think that helped in that sort of respect. And then the other thing is, because we couldn't get on airplanes, and we do have global clients, it actually allowed us to go global and do more global deals a hell of a lot easier. So although incredibly difficult, there were a couple of upsides to it. Opportunity always comes out of change as well as... Um uh, as well as challenge, and the pandemic forcing the pace of change and forcing the range of changes happening all simultaneously must be also forcing opportunity and, and forcing a broader range of opportunity. Where, when you, when you look forward into the coming year, where do you, where do you see that opportunity? So much and so many things. Uh, everything uh, from pharma to in the, how the industry, the, the more industry sector is going to react to things, to retail. So, for example, what we saw in retail is that people that didn't have an online presence certainly really had a hard time surviving. But at the same time, we saw that people building an online presence could happen very quickly. And we saw companies that had zero online presence to having a whole online presence and a majority of sales online within one, two months, where we if we had asked anybody before, would that be possible? Nobody would have thought it would be possible. So I think any sector that is related to also to the way we work, you know, from coffees in offices to everything else, is thinking about, okay, what does this mean for me? It will be different. So looking at 2021 in terms of your business, do you think it's going to be a year of really big deals or lots of smaller deals as investors look at either assets that have been distressed by the pandemic or the sorts of assets you were describing earlier, the, the bit of the company that no longer fits within the realigned strategy and needs to be moved out to a new home? Where do you think the accent is going to be? Lot, 
lots of stuff happening, but none of it really headline-grabbing, or some really big headline-grabbing uh, major brands coming together in some form. I think we're going to have everything. I think it's going to be a year of many deals. Uh, and as I said, ranging from cash, cash um, uh, caused ones, where, you know, cash constraints will force the deals to happen. We're going to see a lot of P2Ps. I think we saw some uh, this year. I think we're going to continue to see them next year. We still see so many very solid UK companies not doing as well in the stock market as they should. And some of them, the transformations they need to go through are very difficult to do in the public eye. So we do see an interesting path for them to go private and then maybe IPO later again. And then the private actors are really liking that. So definitely a lot of large P2Ps and smaller ones and carve-outs, as we mentioned. So we will see interesting assets of all sizes coming into the market as a carve-out of large corporates as they try to focus on core and everything that's non-core and has a better owner will come to market and the products, as we know, really like those. And then we're going to see a still merger. So I think it's a combination of everything. So uh, in terms of our business, very selfishly, we're bullish for 2021. Uh, interesting. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I started this conversation thinking uh, that there you were, you launched your new enterprise and the world economy collapses more or less straight away. What a what a dreadful situation to find yourself in. I'm actually starting to wonder whether uh, this isn't almost an ideal launch pad for you because you've been through this incredibly testing time which has honed the team and formed your personal relationships very strongly. Uh, you, you know each other's strengths and weaknesses now in a way that after a year of normal running you you might not certainly not as well as something as intense as this and the crack. Now the uh, the deal economy takes off and you're ideally positioned to dive into it. Uh, so uh, is, is that how you're feeling? You're feeling bullish. You're feeling confident. You're feeling going toe to toe with the the big boys uh, is um, is going to be a fun trip through the year. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're feeling confident. So we see our pipeline, we see the deals we're working on. I think our biggest fear, being very honest here, when we started EOS, is that we have worked on very large deals for very large clients, you know, the largest corporates, biggest private equities, and, and we question ourselves, are those people really going to, you know, be our clients going forward? And, and we didn't know, right? And, and I think what gives us enormous relief is the quality of the clients that we have now. We're very happy with that, and that's why we foresee the future very brightly because they're following us and, and they're they're using us for their projects and they see the difference in how we're doing things and they're enormously supportive of us. And that gives us a lot of confidence. And Matthew, I'm not sure... If I'm quite ready to wear your rose-tinted spectacles as I look back on the last year, because I've got a few more scars that are still scabbing over, I'm sure give me a few more months. And, um, let's get sucked into 21 with our, with our sort of gangbusters plan. Uh, I will look back on it and think, oh, it was great, we learned a lot, we would definitely not be who we are without it. But at the moment, still a little tired. I've got to say. It's still, still a bit tired and raw. Well, uh, I have this great maxim which dates back to uh, 
uh, a, a film uh, from many, many years ago, which is always look on the bright side of life. I'm an eternal optimist, so, but this year has been a hell of a year and a very difficult one. Maggie and Nina, thank you so much for talking us through it. I want to end with a final question, which is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you launched back in October last year? I'll answer for the person and then I'll let Maggie give her own opinion because, again, Matt, I am the most optimistic of us. So probably my, my answer will be more optimistic. Uh, what I would have told myself a year ago uh, that would have been helpful that I wish I would know is that the ups are really high. The highs are really high and the lows are really low, but everything will be okay. I completely agree. One thing I would definitely not want to have known is that we were going to have a global pandemic. Not knowing what was coming has, uh, I suspect, helped you, helped you through it. Thank you so much for sharing uh, all of that with us and uh, all the very, very best as you go forward. And I particularly love uh, the diversity message. I love the idea that uh, you pitch yourself uh, against a world which is still very, very largely male. And, uh, and I wish you all the very best in doing that and all the very best for your business into the future.